us as we worship God in Christ Jesus at Lord of Hosts International Church as Henry Young, the General Overseer of Lord of Hosts International Churches, ministers to you in partnership with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is Lord forever. I hope that you are growing in your hunger for his presence. Amen. I want to just continue from where we stopped in the morning. Praise the Lord. Psalm 5. Psalm 5, verses 4 and 5. Talking about how to call this presence. You know, I saw something. I saw something in scriptures as I was studying today that caught my attention, gave me some understanding, but at the same time scared me. Amen? I saw that in very clear terms, there were more people on individual basis, I'm not talking of congregational basis, who ran away from God's presence than those who ran into it. And that was too wonderful for me to imagine. Because what we have been taught from scriptures about the presence of God, I thought people will be running into the presence of God. Amen. Do you understand what I'm talking about? And it started right from the, the, the first man and woman. The Bible said, and Adam and Eve heard the voice of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they ran from the presence of the Lord. Hello? Cain ran from the presence of the Lord. It's okay, Adam Oh, oh, sorry, Cain, because he's a murderer. Prophet Jonah ran. He stood up to run away from the presence of the Lord. And that threw me off balance. Because with all I have seen in the word of God, and I, I think you agree with me with all you have seen in the word of God, people should be running into the presence of God. So why are these guys running away? And I realized the same thing is still happening today. Moses went to the presence of the Lord. The glory of the Lord magneted his face. And the people saw it and they were running from Moses. Hello? They were running. <laughs> wow. May God help us not to run away from his presence. May God help us not to run away from And all true scriptures, all the presence has, of God has done is to do good to people. Even some people that the presence of God were following did not even know. Jacob, the Lord is me here and I knew it not. Psalm 5, verse 4. 
For thou art not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness. Neither shall evil dwell with thee. Verse 5. Ah, verse 5. You're taking us back to verse 1. The foolish shall not stand in thy sight. Thou hatest all workers of iniquity. Just backing up what we read in Psalm 51 in the morning. You remember? That if you want to cut the presence of God, you have to develop a clean heart and develop a right spirit. The heart of man is where God wants to dwell on the face of the earth. You see, when you, when you build, when a church, any ministry build a temple like this, the fact that you built a building does not automatically mean that God will dwell there. In fact, right from the Old Testament, I think it was Solomon, while dedicating one of the most magnificent temples ever built for God, said, For thou dwellest not in the house made by the hands of men. So after the temple is built, what will determine whether God dwells there or not is the heart of the people there, especially the people in charge there. Look at your neighbor one more time and say, endeavor to maintain a clean heart. If you have it already, a right spirit, if you have it already, and develop it if it's not there yet. And it's possible. God never asks us to do anything he hasn't given us grace to do. And I want you to know that I am not unaware that it's not an easy thing. I, I, I realize that in life, most times, do I, if I say on a daily basis, would I, be, would I be correct? Things are always happening. Human beings are always doing things to make you change your heart. It looks like human beings are trying to force you to be wicked. <laughs> so I know that maintaining a clean heart and the right spirit is not bread and butter, but it's possible, it's smoothly and sweetly possible. Psalm 24 verses 3 and 4. Psalm 24, verses 3 and 4. My wife will bear me witness how many times I, had, I have to talk to myself after encountering human beings. And I will say, don't let human beings change you. Psalm 24. Verse 3, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? That's talking about his presence. Let's read verse 4 together. I want to go. He that had clean hands and a pure heart. Who had not lifted up his soul unto vanity. Nor sworn deceitfully. 
he that has clean hands in other words is not walking wickedness with his hands and the pure heart that's why the book the, 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 the bible said in the book of Matthew chapter 5 blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God purity of heart is wonderful <laughs> but it's not easy and even if you have got it if you're here tonight you know you say well I thank God I know by the grace of God God has given me a pure heart evil things don't lodge in my heart dirty things don't lodge in my heart you need to fight daily to maintain it because the devil fights daily to pollute it and let me just say this before I move to the next item why the devil also fights daily to pollute it is because of this the same way God wants to dwell in the heart of man the same way Satan wants to dwell in the heart of man that's why don't be surprised when you see the magnitude of wickedness that some human beings can practice can manifest so it's a daily fight it's a daily fight it's a daily thing and the simple thing it takes is say to yourself no matter what happens no matter what anybody does to me or does not do I will not allow my heart change from what is good in the sight of God the pressure mounts by human mistreatment and wickedness. Say to yourself, God will reward them, but I won't change. Because the truth is, people like to abuse people with a clean heart. Sometimes they think that your cleanness of heart is weakness. They think, it's, they think you're foolish, they think you're stupid, they think you're weak. They think you don't know what to do to stop them. So you have to keep talking to yourself. Don't change. If what you think, what you believe, the way you're doing things is right, don't change. Don't change. It doesn't matter what it is doing to you. Don't change. Don't change. Stay like that. Praise God. Our first, our first calling is not to get results. Our first calling is to be like Jesus. So as long as the way I'm thinking is like Jesus, maintain it. Whatever it brings, praise God. But maintain it. Glory to God. I hope somebody got that because the pressure to change you is a daily fight it's a daily fight glory to God all right number three I guess so right the first one is hunger for his presence the second one we just concluded is a clean heart and the right spirit number three Loving the Lord and walking in obedience to Him. Loving the Lord. Say loving the Lord. Say loving the Lord. I want you to know that don't make a mistake. Don't think everybody that comes to church loves Jesus. No, I have met a lot of Christians. A lot of Christians in this church and in many churches that have no single love for God. You know, when you are a very, very wealthy, big, powerful, influential man, 
who is kind and receives everybody and wants to do everything for everybody, you will have a lot of psycho fans around you. That is also happening to God. That's where I'm going to. Because God is the greatest. Because God is the biggest. Because God is the owner of all things. To even use the word wealthiest does not come near describing him. And also he's now kind and he opens his door to everybody, anybody that wants to come, anything you want to come and take, come and take. Just come in the name of Jesus. So he happens to have a lot of psycho fans around him. A lot of people who come to him, call him father, and they don't love him. And it's painful for him. Praise God. It's very painful for him. Let's see John's gospel chapter 14. John chapter 14. I will not take many scriptures on each thing again in order to help us finish this tonight. I'll just take this John and then take an example. John 14, 23 and 24. So what we are saying is, if you want to draw the presence of God into your life, you have to deliberately love the Lord and walk in obedience to him. For those who come to him, they want his hand, they want his blessing, they want his goodness, they want his protection, they want this, they want that. But they don't love him and they don't obey him. For some of them to show his goodness, he does it. But one thing he will never do is give them his presence. Just like we said in the morning, God can give you many things and not his presence. Like he told Moses in Deuteronomy 33, my, you, know, you people will go, I will send an angel, you will conquer your enemies, you will win them, you will take over the, the promised land. Every promise I promise Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I'll fulfill it. When you get home, read that Exodus, sorry, not Deuteronomy, Exodus 33 from 1 now. He said, but my presence will not go with you. Great things will be happening, but my presence will not go with you. <laughs> and Moses said, how will they know we are your people? Let's read. One, two, go everybody. Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words. And my father will love him. And we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Is that clear enough? Verse 24. He that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the father's which sent me. If a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him and my father and I will come unto him and make our abode with him. In a simple language, if you love me and obey me, my presence will stay with you. Hello? And you want to ask so that it doesn't get complicated. How do I love Jesus? He said in verse 24, He that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, 
but my fathers which sent me. So how you show him love is obedience. And sincerely, I'm tired of meeting Christians who think that the love God wants from them is some emotional emotional but substanceless display. Have you seen people who worship and cry and close the service and fight at the door of the church? I love you more than anything. I love you more than anything. And they close that same service. And you block their vehicle with your own for two minutes. They will tell you the color of thunder that is in heaven. They will tell you how that thunder is doing press up. <laughs> the basic ingredient of how God measures your love for him is to simply obey sayings it's not complicated is that let me give us a soft landing because we are human beings that have flesh and we fail sometimes so then when you love the Lord and you find yourself ever break his word he pains you that you did and you want to repent as quick as possible. Anybody who breaks God's word and doesn't feel pain, does not love God. It's that simple. I always say to people, couples, people intending to marry, if this person can be hurt by you or by anybody and it doesn't pain you, your love never grow. Honestly, that's why I cannot understand when I see people in marriage and you are deliberately hurting your spouse. You know something you're doing and is hurting your spouse and your spouse is telling you this thing is hurting me. And it's not that that thing you're doing it in obedience. The only thing you have rights to do, whether it hurts anybody or not, is something you're doing in obedience to God. Do you understand? The thing is even a disobedience to God. Your spouse says hurting me, you hold on to it. There are two explanations. You don't love that person or you're simply a wicked-hearted fellow. That's the only explanation. Hmm. I sat my daughters down one day. I told them, before you fall in love, tell me. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me now? That thing is very important. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? What have I said now? No, I told them. I said, don't fall in love because somebody sang a song and read a poem. 
because he dresses well and has six pack or eight pack as he leave that thing <laughs> leave that thing one nigerian musician say who who sees pack help if you like if you want to know ask tupac <laughs> that loveth me not keepeth not my saying and I have said this in different ways and at different times I realize that if we can just know God's word and keep it everything is fine everything is fine and let me give you one simple way to practice anything you want to do ask yourself is this what god say i should do and is this how god say i should do it is this it, what does the scripture say about this thing somebody has offended you and you want to react the reaction you're planning is that the reaction scripture recommended hello if you want to say love is giving if you love God you give you give to God in love the giving God interprets as giving out of love is the giving you are giving according to his instruction because God knows that it's possible to give your body to be burned and bestow all your goods to feed the poor and not have love so why do I pay my tithe because God said so if that is your reason for paying your tithe then nobody can dissuade you why do I make vows because the Bible says vow and pay That's one thing I always ask people who are arguing about things in the Bible. I ask them, okay, you feel pastors are using offerings and tithes and whatever to deceive people. Has that removed it from the scripture? One example of someone that I want to use tonight that did not obey God, I suspect... I don't know whether he loved God or he didn't love God at all or he didn't just love him enough. Because in loving God, there are degrees. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. If you love God and love anything more than God, you're going to have a problem if that thing you love more. First, to, to love anything more than God is already a problem. Now, especially if that thing you now love more than God is not going to help you love God. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Brother, you get what I'm saying. If anything you love above God is not even going to draw you into loving God, then you got a problem. For example, Samson, the Bible says Samson loved the Lord his God, but Samson also loved many strange women. Samson's problem was not, not loving God, but the love was mixed up with a love for strange women which turned his heart away when he became old 
when God told you, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind, it's for your safety. God is the only person you are 100% sure he will never mislead you. You are 100% sure he will never take advantage of you. Thank you very much. He will never mislead you. He will never take advantage of you. He will never, um, he will never hurt you. So, when he says to you, love me with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, he's not being demanding. He's creating safety for you. Hello? Who did I say? Oh, sorry, no. It's Solomon. I, 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 I'm talking of Samson because I wanted to use Samson as an example of someone who did not obey God and the presence of God left him. So in this case, I was saying, I do not know how to measure his love for God, but one thing was clear. He loved Delilah more than he loved God. But Solomon was the one the Bible says, he loved the Lord, but he also loved many strange women. Hmm. And the end was that man that so much loved God that God called his name Jedidiah. So much loved God that he built God a temple. He ended up carving out idol, idol, uh, temple for idols inside the temple he built. And you know what the Bible says? If I destroy that which I built, I make myself a transgressor. So let's see the example of Samson, Judges 16, 19 and 20. Judges 16, 19 and 20. When a child of God has a lifestyle of always disobeying God, he walks constantly grieving the Holy Spirit. And the, the, the Lord said, I think it was in Genesis, my spirit will not always strive with man. So by the time you draw the Holy Spirit into a situation where he has to either keep striving with you, when, when he has to be a matter of strife, he's always angry with you. Because he can't be in that situation, he will depart. He will leave. Those who try to twist the grace of God and tell us, go and check your Bible. Your Bible says, Lord, I'm with you, even to the end of the world. Because he gave them assignment. And they stayed on the assignment. Amen? Because he gave them assignment and they stayed on the assignment. That's when he said, I'm with you all the time. Judges 16, 19. Let's read it together. One to go. And she made him sleep upon her knees. You know all the story behind that now. And she called for a man. And she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head. And she began to afflict him. And his strength went from him. This was somebody that said to him some time ago, I love you. <laughs> Delilah. Go punish Delilah. I think her name should have been Delilah. Not Delilah. Let's read verse 20. 
And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before, and I will shake myself. I know the formula for the power. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. He said, I know what I used to do before. Once I do it, power will come. I will grab all of them and deal with them. He didn't know that God was gone. And the problem with the departure of divine presence is that it's so quiet, you won't know. You won't feel anything that will make you know it's gone. Until the chips are down. When God's presence comes, it's noisy. But when he goes, quiet. When he comes, he comes like the cloven tongues of fire. But when he goes, he goes like the sweet dove of heaven. What was Samson's problem? Disobedience. I say, Nazarite, don't touch the locks of your hair. There are sins and there are sin-helping situations. There is something the Bible calls the appearance of evil. The evil has not been done, but the appearance looks like it and can facilitate it. Samson got himself into sin, but worst of all, he put himself in a situation where he cannot maintain his consecration. One of the things I can advise every child of God is find the, the what do I call it now? Find what God treasures most in your consecration. Because that's the one, as long as it's intact, things will be alright. Even when you make mistakes. God will use that same consecration to draw you out of your mistakes and draw you back. Come on somebody. But when the consecration is touched, Samson wish not that the spirit of the Lord has left him. I want you to call your name. Touch your chest and call your name. Say, what is your consecration? Samson's own was the locks of his hair. Every serious Christian ought to have one at least. Is, is like a covenant contact point between you and God. It's like an area you must never enter. May the Lord help us in the name of Jesus. Number four, an attitude of gratitude. Grateful people attract the presence of God. Ungrateful people are repulsive to God's presence. Grateful people attract God's presence. Mommy was telling me about somebody today. Was telling me how the person came close to her and she realized that the person is aging faster than the person's age. And I said to her, I said, I can count how many times in so many years, I know that person that I've seen the person happy. 
Did you hear what I said? I've known the person for at least seven years. And in these seven years, I can count on one on the fingers of one hand and I won't finish the fingers. How many times I've seen the person happy? And I was just simply saying, there's no way the person cannot age. And one of the inducers of unhappiness is ingratitude. Ungrateful people are always looking at what has not been done for them. They, 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 their eyes are never on what has been done for them for a long time. They always consider what has not been done. Psalm 95. Always worried about what has not been done. Anybody who has dealt with ungrateful people here know what I'm talking about. You do for them yesterday, you, do, you don't do for them tomorrow, it will look as if you never did. Oh come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Verse 2 is my scripture. Let's read it together. One, two, go. Let us come before his presence with what? With what? And make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. You don't have thanksgiving, you're not coming into his presence. You are ungrateful, you are not welcome into God's presence. You are a complainer, you are not welcome into God's presence. You are a murmurer, you are not welcome into God's presence. And God does not care what it is you are complaining about. He does not care what it is you're murmuring about because if you if you trusted him you should have known that whatever it is he's on top of it you should have known that one example we can take we won't bother reading it for time's sake the children of israel in the wilderness they murmured and god sent snakes go and bite them Hello? May God not send snakes near your life. But the key to that is gratitude. Be grateful for what he has done while you live in faith and expectation for what you expect him to do. God hates ingratitude so much. So much. So much. And God loves gratitude so much that every time a human being shows a hearty gratitude. It, it, it moves God. Praise the Lord. Jesus one day, he got, the Bible says he began to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done. You know the meaning of the word upbraid? Rebuke. And here were his words. Woe unto you, Chorazin. For if the works that were done in you were done in Sodom and Gomorrah, they would have repented long ago. But it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah than for Korahs in the day of judgment. Now, imagine. He was the one that came and did the mighty works. And one day he got angry. And started cursing the same people he did mighty works for. Why? They were not grateful. 
they were not, I did this for you and you are still like this. He said, okay, for that, on the day of judgment, I will visit you with anger. Tell your neighbor, learn to be grateful. And gratitude is shown in three things. Behavior, thoughts, and words. Behavior or attitude, thoughts, and words. In the natural, physically, whenever you are grateful, you meet the person you are grateful to, you are likely going to smile. You are likely going to put a face that has light in it. Correct? You never go to somebody you are grateful to, frowning. Can you imagine? I said attitude or character or behavior. There's a behavior behind gratitude. Thoughts, thoughts, the thoughts you think and then the words you speak. From the man cannot see your thoughts, but we're talking about gratitude to God now. God can see your thoughts. Then was if you listen to a human being, you will know if he's grateful or not. Grateful people are always testifying. Ungrateful people are always complaining. Because they don't see any reason to testify. The one that God did that could have made a grateful person testify, they've received it, they've thanked him for it, they've forgotten it. They are looking for the new one. So it's the new one they are waiting for that they haven't seen. That's the one they are complaining about. So if you want God's presence in your life, be a grateful person. Let your life show gratitude to God. At all times. In fact, God so wants us to be grateful that the Bible says in every situation. It doesn't have to be when things are good. In every situation, give thanks to the Lord. For this is the will of God concerning you in Christ Jesus. Okay, number five, correct? A habit of praise and worship. 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 Say with me, a habit of praise and worship. A habit. A habit. You, that you make it a habit. Not that you, you do praise and worship only when you are praying or you do praise and worship only when you are happy. It becomes a habit. It becomes a part of you. Am I talking to you? Now, praise and worship is mostly expressed in singing. But you can also worship and praise without singing. With words. Glory to God. Psalm 100. We'll read verse 2 and verse 4. After we read it, I will, I will, I will tell you a story of someone I know in real life who had no right to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost but drew it down by a consistent nuisance-like habit of praise and worship. <laughs> Serve the Lord with gladness Come into his presence with what? Let's read it one more time. Serve the Lord with gladness. 
come into his presence with what you have no praise and worship you're not coming in shikina do you have no praise and worship you're not coming in verse 4 enter into his gates with thanksgiving we have talked about gratitude and into his courts with what so the gate is like enter his compound with thanksgiving with gratitude but his courts is where his throne is he said for that one now praise be your key praise is your password hello let me tell you the story i want to tell we were growing in the village as little boys grown into teenagers we had a woman as you know who i'm talking about you know her in my father's compound she was a catholic the catholics does not believe even in the baptism of the holy ghost but this woman once she wake up in the morning what she uses to open her door is songs of praise i can't forget her favorite song i'm thinking when my lord shall come again i'm thinking when this woman will sink until she leaves for work when she leaves for work we used to celebrate because that's why I said nuisance like habit of, her habit of praise and worship was we that did not understand God we interpreted it as she was being a nuisance she was disturbing the company there are times my parents will shout because she has a daughter come waka waka make we hear word for where is she listening she just say you all of you should start praising God. Everybody should start praising God. She will continue her song. <laughs> when she's coming back from work, how we used to know, you hear her voice from the front of the house as she's riding her bicycle. And this woman was very poor. Had no husband. Had a daughter. Had a very small job. She's managing to feed herself. But the kind of praise and worship life she developed, she developed. I don't know where she got that. Then the days we are in big trouble is Sundays and Saturdays when she did not go to work. She was part of the reason at that time they were calling me a Quinsu because I'm the one that we go to her house and knock and warn her. Because what was the matter is that she was renting two rooms in my father's house and my room was next to her room. Until she sleep, you will not stop hearing song. I worried this woman. I will yab her. I will insult her. I will tell her, does she think here is choir? Even if not choir, and only you be the choir. All she tell me is, go and sit down. What do you know? Go and give your life to Christ so before you perish. I said, don't tell me nonsense. 
the thing pains my mother and my father but I, there is a, a point at which i worry her my mother will call me leave him you know say she no go stop just leave him but the day i feared god and that was the day i stopped worrying her one saturday as soon as she opened her door with her songs of praise we knew we were in trouble as usual that's the day she's going to clean she she loves cleanliness she's going to clean her house wash all through those things cooking washing cleaning she's singing one saturday she was singing like that and suddenly in her room i wasn't born again but i felt goose pimple I knew that something came on that woman. So fear didn't let me go to challenge that day. Ah, you think I won't die before? <laughs> ah, I know bad rich like that too. That day, from after that day, I stopped worrying her. Somehow, by that I experienced, I understood that there was God in what she was doing. Hmm. Right in her bedroom, the baptism of the Holy Spirit came upon her because of a habit of praise and worship. It didn't happen the day she started. This is a habit she practiced for many years. I don't know if she's still doing it now, but from the time she started going to church because she was into idolatry before yeah she was worshiping water spirit before and i don't know what happened i traveled and came back and they say she packed out all her idols and everything and took it to church and they burnt it and she started following my parents to church but she took her own to the next level and right inside her house she got the baptism of the holy spirit that day I feared praise and worship. From after that day, I know they talked to Ram about that again. Because I don't I didn't know anything about that, but I knew I had an idea that something happened to her. I don't know what it is, and I don't know that if I challenge it, God will kill me. I was not born again, but I believed there is God, and I believed that God was all powerful. If you want the presence of God, you have to be someone who praises God and who worships God. And this praise and worship must not be mechanical. Don't start singing mechanical songs because you want God's presence. This praise and worship has to emanate from loving Him and being grateful to Him. Thank you, Jesus. Number six. regular personal fellowship regular personal fellowship please before i deal with this let me just make some more statements on the matter of praise and worship this is why i want to give advice when you are in church and praise and worship is going on get lost in it There are lots of people who come to church. They are in church service. Praise is going on. Worship is going on. But they are really not worshiping. 
They are really not praising. Some are watching others dance. You may not be a good dancer like others, but know one thing for yourself. You didn't come to God's praise and worship party to watch or observe somebody. You came to praise for yourself. So whether you can dance like the person or you cannot dance like the person, don't let the person's dance become your business. Find your own. Anyhow, Pastor Jones said there is a dance step he calls offbeat. And it's for people who don't know how to dance. <laughs> See, he calls it dance offbeat. No problem, God understands. Do you know, do you know in the matter of praise and worship, the Bible says the trees clap their hands. The ocean wave to his glory. So what sense do you make out of the clapping of trees? God say, I like it like that. Let me hear it. Then when it comes to worship, especially in a church like our church where the man of God comes up after worship or in the midst of worship, some people have conditioned themselves to take worship to be the item we use to wait for man of God. Once the worshiper starts, the next thing they are checking time when they will finish now. Make pastor come preach. Make we not stay long today. It's a wrong thing to do. If you know what worship can do, sometimes you will wish the preacher would delay and let the worship continue. If you know what worship can do. <laughs> there is no vehicle that conveys God's presence faster than a heartfelt spirit-led worship. So I'm begging you, develop a mindset, a lifestyle, a habit of once it is worship time, you mean business. Once it is worship time, you don't want distraction. Once it is worship time, you want to get lost in his presence. You don't want to care who is beside you. If who is beside you is going to be a distraction, you move out. Worship is an extremely critical time in a meeting with God. It's an extremely critical time. Why we have worship and praise in the church, all the programs in a service, they were not built to wait for me. They were programmed like that because we understand the biblical implications and blessings of these things. Hello. So please try. Whenever it's worship time, get lost. Get lost in God's presence. Lose consciousness of everybody, everything. Lose consciousness of the environment. Let me tell you what I used to do sometimes in worship. Sometimes in worship, I will close my eyes and I will imagine myself standing before his throne. And I will endeavor to sustain that consciousness. So every song that is being sung, I am 
communicating it directly to him. Usually, usually, if there is deep and intense worship, there will always be healings. Hello? And then there is there is a way the worship is sustained and encounters can start happening. Worship. Please make it a serious part of your life. And I'm talking of both worship in church and then also develop a habit of personal worship. Personal worship. Don't joke with worship. Don't joke with worship. Don't joke with worship. Can I hear you say amen? amen. One of the things I always, I always beg mommy, I say please beg the choir people, beg our singers, let them be sanctified. Because I can, if I enter anywhere and the vessel leading worship is polluted, I know as quick as possible. That, you can hide it. And I'm not just alone. I told her, I said, every sensitive Christian knows when there is an anointing on a worship and when there is no anointing on it. No matter how strong the talent is. When there is an anointing on it, we know. No matter how strong the talent is, when it lacks anointing, we know. A big gospel artist, I heard him sing on television once. And I told the people around me, I said, that man is anointed. Let's connect with him. We connected with him. We had a few things with him. When he backslidden, I did not know he has backslidden. I heard him sing again. I said, something is off. Something is off. I can't feel the presence I felt before when I hear him sing. The unction is not there anymore. <laughs> I went to Sierra Leone the first time. And a certain minister, a certain brother, who is a minister in the church that we were using their building for the CICM conference. He, him and his wife ministered and I knew there was the anointing. It was so powerful. Nobody told me anything. When I went back last year, the same people ministered and I whispered to Pastor Jones, I said, something is wrong. It's not the same unction of last year. And I did not tell anybody apart from Pastor Jones because it's not my place. I'm not in charge. But the couples came to see me in the hotel later. And they came to talk to me because they wanted to submit to me. And I asked them to tell me the story. And when they began, I found out they were in rebellion to their pastor. So I told them, I said, let me use my phone and call Pastor Jones. Let me ask him so you hear what I told him when you sang. Because they were in this rebellion and they thought they were right. And the pastor and his wife were wrong. 
So I called Pastor Jones. What did I tell you when so so couple sang? He said, you told me something is off. I said, did you hear that? I've not heard your story, but I knew something has left. Hello? Please, maintain purity in worship. Choir, maintain purity in worship. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so we can talk about the next thing. Regular personal fellowship. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 17. I'll just read two scriptures and explain them because they are not that direct. You want the presence of God in your life? Have a regular personal fellowship with God. One of the days, I can't remember what subject we're dealing with in this program. I, I made a statement. I said, praying. Oh, okay, I think I was talking about studying the word of God. I said, studying one chapter every day in the morning. One chapter every day in the evening. And keep it regular. It's more profitable. It's better. It's more acceptable to God than study 50 chapters one day and never study again for so many years. If you want to put it, okay, let me explain it like this. If somebody does not eat some days, but when he wants to eat, he eats a basin of gari. <laughs> you got it. It's better to eat. Do I call it one wrap? Every day. That keeps you healthier than to skip food for seven days now that you're fasting and once in a week you eat one whole basin and one pot of soup and one he goat only you in the book of proverbs chapter 8 jesus was revealed as wisdom so you, you must understand that when you are reading about wisdom in Proverbs chapter 8, you're actually reading about a person. And that person is Jesus. That's why in the Bible, in the New Testament, the Bible says he is the wisdom of God. So see what he said here. One, two, go. Read with me, everybody. I love them that love me. We have dealt with love. And those that do what? Seek me early shall find me. Whether you want to talk about early or you want to talk, talk about seek, those that seek him early shall find him. Now, the early there implies prioritizing seeking him, making seeking him the first thing. I know some Christians that waking up and prayer and fellowship being the first thing they do has so accustomed their nature that whenever they wake up even if they didn't wake up to pray they woke, they woke up just to ease themselves they woke, wake up with prayer because that has become part of their nature and it's a beautiful thing God is a God that those that seek him will find him those that don't seek him will go, they will not find him so if you want his presence you have to seek him you have to cut him Hello? 
you have to fellowship with him deliberately, consciously, willfully, and regularly for that matter. That's what I'm talking about. You have to fellowship with him. Let's consider there's a scripture, it's not direct, but it implies it very well. First, is it first? Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Second Corinthians 3:18. Hallelujah. 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 Let's read it together. One to go. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. Another translation says the face of the Lord. Because his face is his glory. And what? Changed into the same image from what? Glory to glory. What is this scripture saying? Please, can you stand up? Everybody watch us. This scripture is saying if you can just look into the glory of God with your face open. You know what it means for your face to be open? You are not seeking him in pretense. You're seeking him in sincerity. And you are beholding his glory or his face the bible says as you do that your own face begins to change to look like the one you are beholding you cannot behold his face without coming into his presence every time you wake up in the morning and you are saying lord you are so good Lord, you are kind. Lord, you are wonderful. My God, you are excellent. Excellent is your name. Hey, excellent is your name. My God, you are beautiful. My God, you are excellent. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just want to thank you for another beautiful day. I want to thank you for a sound sleep at night. I want to thank you for the privilege to see the light of the day. I want to go. And you are doing that every day. You're not performing a ritual. You are doing something that is drawing God's presence. Regular personal fellowship. A regular personal fellowship one hours two hours three hours according to the strength that god has given you every day of your life is better than 40 days fasting once a year and you don't fellowship for the rest of the year and the more you do this here is how god operates let me say this god help me quickly why do you think that when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, the Bible said in the evening, that's the cool of the day, God came and his voice was walking in the garden. Why? God also used to get used to fellowship with somebody. That when you make it a habit to be fellowshipping with him regularly, he also lives in expectation of a fellowship with you. 
So at that particular time you always fellowship, he will come. That was what happened to Adam and Eve. The very particular time they always fellowship, he knows they have sinned, but he can't do prejudice. He has to go first to fellowship and see how they react. But when your fellowship is epileptic, God hates to put himself in what is epileptic. Yes, you will notice that if you are the kind of person that your morning fellowship is 4 a.m., notice every 4 a.m. something will wake you up. No matter the time you slept, 4 a.m. your eye will just look. It will look as if somebody tapped you. Not it looks like it's him tapping you. He's telling you it's time for us to fellowship. Can I put this? God also used to feel disappointed when you start breaking the fellowship. And if the breakage becomes so irregular, so epileptic that he can't trust you anymore, he stops coming until you call him. It has opened again. Maybe the dress is old. Is Pastor Chinedu that made me the dress in the birthday of Ami? When what age? You don't reach three years, so make another one, my friend. <laughs> Hallelujah! Fellowship, beholding His face or His glory, as in a glass. The Bible says you're changed into the same image. And your life starts moving from glory to glory. The last, but not the least. We're not going to talk too much about this number seven because we did a lot on it yesterday. Service to God or working for God. Another thing that attracts the presence of God is service to God or working for God. And I've said a lot about that yesterday. This work has to be done with all purity of heart and purity of motive. It has to be without stringes attached. It has to be something you're doing for God because he is God. That's all. And one of the ways you test those things is how you react when you are not noticed and appreciated. Matthew 28 verse 18. Matthew 28 verse 18. Walking for God carries God's presence. It draws God's presence. You know why? Please give me your attention. Stop looking at a child crying. Don't be distracted. You know why walking for God carries God's presence? Number one, God knows that it takes him to walk for him. It takes him to walk for him. When Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Jesus wasn't joking. Jesus wasn't joking. Because if God doesn't help you, two things will happen. It's either you lack the ability or you lack the will. For it is him that maketh us both to what? Will and what? Do. That do his ability of his good pleasure. If God does not help you, even if you can you may choose not to. Yes, Why? The flesh. Yes, 
the flesh. Then sometimes you will, but you can't. You want to, but you don't have the ability. There are many things I want to do for God every day of my life, but I don't always have all the ability. So that's why when you walk for him, he has to be with you. He has to be with you. Matthew 28 verse 18. Let's read it. We're going to read it down to 20. One to go everybody. And Jesus came and spake unto them saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Yeah? 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. 20. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. I beg, wait, this thing is, a, is an obsession for me. Did you see from this scripture that the preachers of hyper grace are in error? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. When they say the only thing to talk about is Jesus. There's nothing else to talk about. It's only Jesus. They make it look jesus himself said when you go there are certain things i've commanded you there for observation you have to you have to do them teach them those things don't just come and shout my name and lo i am with you always even unto the end of the world amen in other words as you go to do what i ask you to do my presence will be with you my presence will go with you provided you go to do this mark chapter 16 mark 16 let's read from 15 down to 20 And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Yes. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And this sign shall follow them that believe. Not shall follow pastors. Take note. Them that believe. Them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. 19. So, then, after the Lord has spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. Verse 20. And they went forth and preached everywhere the lord the lord the lord walking with them and confirming their word with signs following amen what he promised in matthew 28 18 you see the fulfillment in mark 16 20 so when you walk for him when you do him service that cuts his presence in your life finally acts 20 verse 11 just to give show you an example of somebody sorry acts 23 not 20 acts 23 verse 11 thank you jesus
Can we read together? One to go, everybody. And the night following, the Lord stood by him. Who stood by him? Who stood by him? The Lord. And said, Be of good cheer, Paul. For as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. This was a time he was in trouble. He was under arrest. He was in chains. God said, Paul, don't worry. The chains, now me arrange them. All these useless people, if you go to their door to knock, tell says, I want to come and preach to you. They will not open. So I made them think you are a criminal so they can bring you in to talk. Extraordinary strategist. Impossibility specialist. The guys thought they were flexing muscle. Agrippa them. Festus them. Say, come, stand here. What are you being accused of? They didn't know God arranged all that to make them hear the gospel. That was why Agrippa said, I Paul, you almost convert me to be a Christian. I reject. Remain small. You don't convince me, finish. Paul said, Paul said, Agrippa, I wish you were like me, except this chain in my hands. One man came to our church one day for his friend's baby dedication. He told his friend, he said, I beg, anything you're doing now, invite me to reception. I don't want to come to your church again. This one said, what? Any problem? He said, your pastor almost convinced me today. Man, that man mouth too sweet. Small thing. I don't join you now. <laughs> eh? He removed? Yes. He, yeah, he said, the only thing that saved me, I have to remove my mind. I decided not to be focusing on him again. But our point of concern tonight, the Bible says, and the Lord stood by him. Even when they were going and there was shipwreck, the Lord stood by him again and said, Paul, be of good cheer. There will be no life lost. Tell the people that are with you, nobody's going to die. Amen. Please tell somebody. The children are more sensitive. Let's rise on our feet. When you serve the Lord, it draws his presence. Amen. And you want to enjoy the presence of God this year like never before. Because his presence carries his glory. Serve him. Don't be idle in church. Don't be idle in church. Don't be idle. Do something for your God. Amen. Let's lift our hands and thank God for his word tonight. Thank him for his word tonight. Thank him for his word. Lord, we bless your name. Our God, we thank you. We praise you. We honor you for your word tonight. Tell him I receive your word tonight. I receive your instruction. I receive your word. With all my heart, I receive your word. I choose what you have spoken tonight. I agree with what you have spoken tonight. I choose to be a doer. I choose to be a doer. Help me to always be hungry for your presence. Help me to maintain good hunger for your presence because I want your presence in my life. I want your presence in my life. Help me to maintain good hunger. 
help me to maintain good hunger lord help me to maintain good hunger help me to maintain good hunger help me to love you and obey you i want you to pray along with me as i lead you in prayer say help me to love you and obey you so that your presence can stay in my life help me to develop and maintain a clean heart and a right spirit help me to develop and maintain an attitude of gratitude help me to maintain to develop and maintain a habit of praise and worship help me to cultivate a regular personal fellowship with you and help me to offer you service and work for you wherever you want me open your mouth and pray those things for yourself because i need your presence in my life more than ever before i need your presence in my life more than ever before your presence lord your presence lord once again lift your hands and ask him for his presence in your life his presence holy spirit in your presence there is light expressions of your love revelations of your power and in your presence i can bring a love song offering i'm in your presence oh my king in your presence i am content in your presence Your presence there is light Expressions of your love Revelations of your power and power In your presence I can breathe I love song Everyone and sing along. I am 
Give him some worship. There is light, Lord. There are revelations. With revelations of your power and might. Lift your hands and worship him. Worship the Lord. Worship him and at the same time pray unto him. I want my life to be loaded with your active presence. With your walking presence. With your powerful presence this year. presence Lord let let your presence feel me let your presence overshadow me let your presence saturate my life in a new measure in a new measure like never before I want to carry your presence like never before I want to live in your presence I want to walk in your presence I want to think about your presence I want to talk in your presence like never before Lord never before Lord like never before Lord Holy Spirit thou art welcome in this place Holy Spirit thou art welcome in this place Omnipotent Father of, of mercy and grace, thou art welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, thou art welcome. In this place, Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in this place, O omnipotent Father of mercy and grace, thou art welcome. Omnipotent Father of mercy and grace, thou art welcome in my life. Omnipotent Father of mercy and grace. 
Thou art welcome in my life. O omnipotent Father of mercy and grace, Thou art welcome in this Lift your hands and ask him for his presence in your life like never before. Talk to the omnipotent father of mercy and grace. Talk to the resident God on earth. His name is the Holy Spirit divine. He is the power of the Trinity. He is the walking arm of the Trinity. He is the doer of the counsel of the Trinity. He is our comforter. He is our helper. He is our teacher. Tell him how much you need him. How much you need him. How much you need him. You can't without him. Omnipotent Father of mercy and grace, thou art welcome in this place all around your throne. We come from every language and nations Making your glory known All around your throne All around your throne We surround your throne we come from every language and nation Making your glory known All around your throne All around your throne We come past your throne We come from every language and nation Making your glory known All around your throne All around your throne All around your throne Bow before the throne We come from of the highest Making your glory Let his presence Touch our lives like never before. Come, 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 mighty rushing wind of heaven. Come, thou cloving tongues of fire. Come, sweet dove of heaven. Come, blessed Holy Spirit.
the journey is impossible without you that's why we need you we need you we need your presence increase your presence in our lives baptize us afresh into your presence initiate us afresh into your presence clothe us with your presence again let us smell your presence let us breathe your presence let us leave your presence let your presence fill us so much that our life oozes with your presence. Breathe afresh upon us. Breathe afresh upon us. Breathe afresh upon us. Zebro dodo shadayada. Embadoska zuzusante pupu satinea. Cambre doska timu sombre. Healing is going on right now. God is healing people. God is touching infirmities and removing them. Thank you. You made my life so beautiful. And as you are, you have made me. There's nothing great. In every day with Jesus Christ at Lord of Hosts. Lives are transformed in every way. Sorrow is turned into laughter. The saints are renewed every day. The sick are healed. The captives are set free. The troubled and the afflicted become triumphant and testifies. At Lord of Hosts International Churches, Eliopramwa Road, off Wimpy Junction, by 4, Rumebri Comport Harcourt, we preach holiness without compromise. Through the inspiring, prophetic and expository teachings of Pastor Henry, bringing you in close understanding to appreciate life in Christ Jesus.